Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. We're in going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we're in chapter 4. We're going to look at uh, six verses tonight, verses 13 through 18. Now, up until this point in time, Paul has been writing to these people and encouraging them. They've been going through a hard time. He commends them for their faithfulness. He just tries to do everything he can to tell them how much he loves them. And he spends the previous chapters, as we've looked at in the weeks previous, that, you know, keep doing this. Don't give up. I know it's hard. You're good. And he, as he wants to do, encourage. Now he kind of shifts gears a little bit. And he's going to address some issues that are going on within the church. Now, at this point in time in history, here's what these people were battling. They had come out of idol worship, temple worship. There were Greeks. There were Romans. In a large part, most of them just simply believed this. When you're dead, you're done. It's all over. So these people coming out of there now come into Christianity, and we believe that when you die, life just starts. And he has to help them with this, and there's some confusion. They believed that Jesus Christ was going to return now. But what was happening is some people were dying, and they got confused. Well, hold it. If they die and it's just nothing, and they're not here when he comes back, what's going to happen? So as we look through this, don't forget that's what he's trying to address, okay? He's not trying to help you understand everything. He's not trying to lay it out so that, oh, I see this, this, and this, and, and we're very good at wanting to do that, aren't we? He's giving them a principle that he wants them to notice. So we're going to begin with an explanation an explanation. He is going to explain to them what's going to happen, how it will happen, and try and help them understand how they need to look at this. So, verse 13, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Now, if you look at that verse, it's a great verse because it says something for us today. We grieve when people die. It's a natural human process. But we don't grieve like people who've got no hope. There's a difference to it. There's an understanding of that. And so he says, look, these people that you know, your relatives, they're dying, but you don't have to worry about it and grieve about it like the others do when they think life's just it. So that's what he's getting across. Verse 14, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who had died. Now you and I read that and go, well, hold it. How's he going to do that? So bring back with him. So evidently they're with him. And he's saying, look, they're going to come. They're going to, they're going to be a part of this. Don't think that they're just forgotten. Don't think that they don't exist. They do. And so he gives them that understanding, that hope. Look, you grieve, you lose them, but that's not the end. That's not all there is. And there's a certainty of the resurrection. Because he lives, we live. 
Now, he wrote a similar thing in 1 Corinthians, and we're going to refer to Corinthians a few times here tonight because just like today, people got a lot of questions about end times, don't they? What happens after you die? What takes place? How does this work out? And again, he's trying to help these folks understand because of where their background and where they've come from. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, God will raise us from the dead by his power just as he raised our Lord Jesus from the dead. So there's a promise for us, isn't there? Here's what he's saying. Look, they've died, but they're going to be resurrected. They're going to be with him forever. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Here's what he writes to that church. Similar issues. If there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins. Now, that's a pretty good encapsule of the gospel, isn't it? Because he's been raised, he conquered sin, didn't he? If he hasn't been raised, sin has not been conquered. And so he says, your faith is useless. You're still guilty in your sins because he didn't overcome it if he wasn't resurrected. In that case, verse 18, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. They're done. And if our hope is in Christ only for this life, I mean, if this is it, if you've just got your hope here for right now, uh, <laughs> he doesn't pull any punches, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. So if, if, if he hasn't, if we got only got hope for today, we're the most pitiful people alive. That's what he's saying. But in fact, verse 20, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, you know, Adam sinned, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. And just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, the one who sinned, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there's an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Okay? That's pretty clear, isn't it? Christ is the first. We're all going to be resurrected because He was resurrected. Just as we share in Adam's sin, we also share in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you don't need to worry about your loved ones that you have lost who are in the Lord. Now, you notice there's a text number up there, and so Pastor Steve's monitoring that. If you've got a question, ask away. But please understand something. When it comes to this sort of thing, there's a lot of things I don't know. And neither do you. And we don't have to. All right? So he explains to them, here, here folks, please understand something. They're going to be okay. You're, they haven't lost them for good. They're going to be good. So then he goes on and he talks about an expectation an expectation. He tries to sell them, look, I want you to understand something. I want you to get this. Here's how you can live. Don't live thinking about what you've lost. 
verse 15, we tell you this directly from the Lord. I'm not making this up. God has given me this. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who've died. In other words, we're all going together. We're all going to be together. I'm not just saying this. This information is given to me by God. The dead and the living will share in the resurrection. Now, as we go through this, for our minds, there's a little confusion because, well, okay, to die is to be with the Lord. We believe that, but then their bodies are in the grave and coming back up, and how's that going to happen, and when's that going to happen, and how does all this play out? I don't know. And that's not what he's trying to help them with, is it? He's trying to let them know, we're going to all be there together. Let God work out the details. Focus on what you need to know. Second Corinthians, he writes to this church, chapter 5, verse 6. We are always confident. It's a great word for all of us to have. Even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we're not at home with the Lord. We live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So when you die, you go to be with the Lord. Heaven is a product that God is working on. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. See, a lot of people think that God's just going to rework this world. He is not. Bible's very clear. He tells us this world's going to be destroyed by fire. And as I've told you several weeks ago, this world is wearing out. Bible says like an old garment. You can try to save the planet all you want, but it's wearing out. Why? Because sin has affected creation, hasn't it? It was part of the curse. And so there is a new heaven, a new earth. The old heaven, the old earth had disappeared. The sea was also gone. <laughs> now, John writes this. It's, that word's always, that little phrase there has always fascinated me in, in Revelation chapter 21. The sea's also gone. You know, to you and I, man, let's go to the beach. Nothing better sitting there on the beach, watch the sun go down, watch it come up, just hearing the waves, blah, blah, blah. But John is in exile on the Isle of Patmos. He's tired of all that water. I think, I don't know. And none of that happens till the tribulation, the new earth, new heaven, till after the tribulation is over. So Paul then goes on and talks about an escape. An escape. He says, look, I I want you to know, we, those who are alive, those who have died, we're going to go meet the Lord. We're going to be together in this. Don't be afraid. Don't be overly grieved because of it. Grieve for them, but understand that's not the end. You have hope in this world. So Paul gives them a very sketchy order of events. And I tells him kind of, here's a little timeline, here's a little something for you to understand and to see. So he talks about, first of all, a return. A return. Verse 16, the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, 
the voice of the archangel with the trumpet call of God. Now, that picture doesn't say a lot to us, but in these times, you know, it happens because the trumpet was used to declare war. Old Testament, sound the trumpet, sound the alarm. The trumpet was used to declare a gathering, a special time, a special season, gather together, come to that sound, get together to announce the arrival of a great person. And so he's saying here, there's a trumpet call. It's a call, it's a battle cry. It's a gathering together of God's people. The voice of the archangels going to declare the victory. The trumpet call of God. Again, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye. In modern terminology, a nanosecond. A thousandth of a second. When the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will be transformed For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. So there comes that time where God says, look, I'm going to return. I'm going to come back. When I come back, there's going to be a change in what's going on. When that trumpet sounds, when that call is given, here's what's going to happen. And so then he says there's going to be a resurrection a resurrection. Christ is going to return. When He returns, the resurrection happens. Now, the thing is, all of this happens kind of all at once. We like to put things in order. Well, this happened, and this happened, and this happened, but a lot of this will happen so fast, the change will be so quick that you really can't put it in, in linear order at times. So there's a resurrection. Verse 16, the last of it. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Now, it's a resurrection, not a reconstruction. So, when, when, remember when Jesus was in the tomb? And when the early that Easter morning when he was there, Mary saw him, thought he was the gardener. And he says, don't touch me yet, I haven't ascended yet. So we know there's something going on there, isn't there? We don't, I don't understand it. I don't know it all. And so he is seen in the physical realm, but there's more going on in the spiritual realm. Now, we've talked about this because the spiritual realm is as real, if not more real, than the physical realm. We just don't see it. But it exists, it's real, and it's the way we are to live. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, physical realm. We wrestle against principality, spiritual realm. And so, 1 Corinthians 15.42, notice what Paul says. In the same way, with the resurrection of the dead, our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, they'll be raised in glory. They're buried in weakness, they'll be raised in strength. 
They're buried as natural human bodies, but they'll be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The Scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. So you won't have a physical body. You will have a spiritual body. They will not be the same. Don't think for a moment that he's just going to give you version 2.0 of you and improve you and put you there in your ideal weight and correct any flaws you think you've got and you're just to have this perfect little body there. No, no, no. It's a different body. It's not the same. What comes first is the natural body. The spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man. Heavenly people like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. All right? Okay, we have a question? We do, and they begin. Hold it. Let me... Am I on? Okay. Hello. Go ahead. I'll have to repeat it. Okay. If we're absent from our bodies and present with Christ, then how are we resurrected later? Okay. Hear the question? If we're absent from our bodies and present with Christ, how are our bodies resurrected later? Uh, I said this earlier. I don't know. Again, what's Paul trying to get across? Don't come... Don't get hung up on the minutiae. Understand what he's saying. What he's saying is this. There is a resurrection. You can count on it. Your body is going to be changed. It is not going to be physical any longer. It is going to be spiritual. What that looks like, don't know. And you need to understand something. How this plays out, God has it all in control. And what he's trying to say here in Corinthians, look, just focus on there is a resurrection. Don't get hung up on how this is all going to happen. Because here's what I've learned, especially when you look at end times. Basically, we're just wrong. We all got our little ideas and none of us got it completely right. Although there are people who think they do. But none of us do. Because God's ways are not ours. But there is a resurrection. And that's what he's trying to get across here and in Corinthians. He's saying, look, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to take place. Then he talks about, I know I probably didn't answer that the way they like that, but it's the best I got. A rapture. There's a rapture. Now, a lot of people say, well, the word rapture isn't in the Bible. And you're right. It's not. But, verse 17 is a definition of rapture. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up, rapture, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So, we're going to leave this earth to go to a new place. We're going to go be with God forever. And so, 
the heart of what he wants to say to these people, the heart of what he talks to the Corinthians about is, look, here's, don't be worried or don't be afraid of what is going to happen. Don't be overly grieving because you feel like you'll never see these people again and they're lost because they weren't alive when Jesus Christ returned. Understand there is a resurrection. There is a time where we will be taken away. There is a time when Jesus Christ returns to take us to be with Him forever. It's going to be an incredible time. Do I understand all of it? I don't. But I'm sure whatever He does, I will like. Okay? Because He'll do something greater than what I can imagine. It will be bigger, better than what we can even comprehend. And then he talks about a resolution. Verse 17. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Forever. Forever is a long time. So what he's talking with these people, he's telling them, look, I know you're concerned about what's happened to your loved ones, but listen, let me tell you something. You and them one day will be with the Lord forever. He will work this out. He, we will all be changed. We will be more, we will be spiritual, not physical. We will be perfect, not sinful. God will change us in a moment and make all of this happen. And we will be with him forever. That's pretty incredible. So he ends it in verse 18 with a response. He says, look, because of that, because of all of this, encourage each other with these words. And you see, what this talks about is this great word called hope. We are a people who have hope. No matter what's going on in this world, no matter what's happening around us, no matter our circumstances, no matter what we're dealing with and how we're having to deal with all the issues, we have something to look forward to. Hope keeps you alive. Hope is positive. People get desperate when life becomes hopeless. For the Christian, life is never hopeless. There is always hope because we live with a great expectation. So the encouragement is simply, this life is not all there is. There is more to come. There is more that will happen. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. God's going to be faithful. He's going to keep His Word. Don't think He's going to be defeated. Don't think we're going to lose for a moment. He is going to be triumphant. And He will establish His kingdom, and His kingdom will never end. Never and that should encourage us. You see, Paul lists there the big, I call them the big three. Faith, hope, and love. 
talks about them. They're all intertwined. It's hard to have one without the other. Hope gives energy to love and faith. You can keep loving when you got hope. When you lose hope in someone, you want to stop loving, don't you? Faith is positive, isn't it? God's going to be faithful. God's going to do this. I can trust Him. Hope helps that. So that's how we live. And then he says, of those three, two of them are going to disappear one day. Faith, we won't need it any longer because we will see it. Our faith will become sight. And we will see and we will know. We don't need to hope anymore because hope has happened. But love will last forever. So encourage each other with these words. As I was doing this, I, it's Christmas season, and you know everybody talks about different movies they like, and I have a, a few favorite Christmas movies. One of them, I, I know it's probably going to surprise you, is Elf. Okay? I love Elf. It's just a great movie. I don't like watching a lot of movies over and over, but Elf I can watch for a long time. And there's a scene in there where he's in the department store, and the guy comes in and says, tomorrow's Santa coming. Elf goes ballistic. Santa's coming. Santa's coming. Wow, Santa's coming. And everybody looks at him like he's weird, right? What do you do? What is a big, big deal? Oh, Santa's coming. Wow, it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. It's gonna... Jesus is coming. He's coming. And you and I have something to look forward to. And we have a hope. And Christmas is a time where that hope is given to us and a reminder to us, to us a Savior has been born. To us the King has come. We have hope. And we don't live in this world with hopelessness. And we don't have hope just in this world hoping things are going to turn around. Our hope goes far beyond that. So encourage each other with these words. Let it be an encouragement to you tonight. We have something to look forward to. And God's going to be faithful. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you tonight for your word and how it does encourage us how we have so much to look forward to. How you are going to take everything and change it into something so incredible that eyes not seen nor has entered into the thoughts of man. All that's going to be there. It will beyond, be beyond our expectations. And Lord, we don't live by understanding at all. We live by believing that Jesus Christ is going to return and we are going to go and live with him forever. And that's what we hold on to. And that's our hope. So as we go from this place tonight, we go with a hope inside of us that is exciting because you are coming again. And that gives us encouragement. Let us live with that encouragement and give it to others, I pray, as we follow you and serve you. In thy name we pray. Everybody said?
Amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.